Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Decades of research on organizational behavior have shown that it is strongly influenced by the socio-economic environments in which firms operate. Little is known, however, about how organizations consider time. Taking a completely fresh approach, SMU Assistant Professor of Finance Liang Hao from the Li Kongqian School of Business looked into how the language spoken in an organization affects its corporate future orientation, that is, how it perceives the future and prioritizes practices such as corporate social responsibility and research and development. In this podcast, he shares an interesting research which found that companies with strong future time reference or FTR language as their working language engage less in CSR and R&D by 7% and 40.6% respectively as compared to those in weak FTR language environments. Professor, you have done quite a number of research related to corporate social responsibility. Can you tell us what inspires you to focus on this area? So I started my PhD kind of in the aftermath of financial crisis, uh, at which time people were talking about companies, financial institutions. They are not only responsible for making profits, but they should also have moral uh, standards, they should have a social responsibility to the society. And that's why I became very interested in this topic. Also, broadly speaking, I read and I was trained uh, a lot on the topic of corporate governance. And I consider corporate social responsibility, or CSR in short, as an extension of corporate governance. Governance is more about shareholders and CSR is more about other stakeholders. You have recently completed an interesting study that looks into the effect of language on corporate future orientation. Can you tell us more? Sure. So this was started around the spring of 2013 when I visited Harvard University as a PhD student from Tilburg University. At that time, I read some article about the role of language in affecting individual behavior. And I thought this kind of similar mechanism may also affect corporate behavior because corporations are a combination of individuals. So when I was visiting Harvard, I talked to different professors and one of my co-authors of this paper, Chris Marquis, was at Harvard Business School. Uh, he now moved to Cornell. Uh, Luke Rennibuch, uh, who was my former advisor at Tilburg, uh, was also involved. And Sandy Sun is my long-term co-author on several projects. So here, we talk about corporate future orientation in terms of long-term investments by corporations, such as uh, CSR investment and R&D investment. So we have been working on this project for uh, about five years since then, this year is 2018. And so I personally basically carry over this project from Harvard back to Tilburg and now to SMU. We started this idea that language can affect corporate future orientation this is uh, motivated by a famous hypothesis in linguistics, the so-called Shapir-Whorf hypothesis. Uh, in general, we think language reflects people's thoughts, but this Shapir-Whorf hypothesis says language can a- actually affect people's thoughts. So we use this concept called future time reference, or FTR in short, which is borrowed from linguistics and economics, 
and it refers to whether a language will grammatically separate future tense and present tense when describing the future. So we classify companies and countries around the world based on whether their official language is a strong FTR language or weak FTR language. Strong means they have to separate future tense and present tense. Weak means they don't have to separate. For example, when describing the weather, in English we will say it will be cold tomorrow. In German we say morgen is das kite. In Dutch it's morgen is had kalt. And so in English we need to use a future tense. In Dutch and German we don't have to. Same for Chinese and English. If we say it will rain tomorrow, in Chinese we just say 明天下雨 which we don't put the future tense in Chinese, but we have to put the future tense in English. So based on this, we also classify companies in certain countries which have multiple languages, such as Belgium and Switzerland. In Belgium, they have French and Dutch, and in Switzerland, they have German, French, and Italian-speaking people. So we can have some within-country variation across uh, different companies. The we collect data on CSR, from the Morgan Stanley Capital International Intangible Value Assessment Readings, and also data on the company's R&D investment, uh, patenting activities, and citations for more than 5,000 companies across the world. Uh, those companies are mostly public companies on major equity indices, such as the MSCI World Index, uh, Fuji Indices, etc. Then we use standard multivariate regressions. We also use different measures of FTR, such as those based on weather forecast, how many words, how many sentences you use to describe future in the weather forecast. What were your findings? Our main finding is that companies with a strong FTR language as their working language have less of a future orientation in terms of their CSR and R&D investment. And this negative correlation between future orientation and strong FTR is weakened or attenuated when the company has more exposure to multilingual environment, such as in a more globalized country, in a country with greater linguistic diversity, or the company has more foreign investors, which further supports the effect is indeed due to language use, but not due to other factors. How do you explain this phenomenon? So the idea is, if grammatically you have to separate future tense from present tense, you sort of put future and present in two categories in your mind. When you use future tense, you feel that future is in a different category from present, so you sort of feel future is still far away from you. That's why your behavior tends to be less future-oriented, because you think it hasn't happened yet. Whereas if you have to mix future tense and present tense, such as in German or in Chinese, then you feel the future is happening today, so you care more about future in your present action. Were these findings what you and your co-authors had expected? So I believe most of us are bilinguals and we can sort of think about the situation of ourselves. And for example, when I speak different languages, I tend to think differently. So I think the fact that we find such a correlation is not surprising itself. Uh, but what's surprising is we find such a systematic pattern for companies across the world. In academic research, it's really very difficult to find such a strong predictor of corporate behavior for global companies. So this is the surprising part. 
How are these insights significant and relevant to organizations and policymakers? I think language use is essential in daily communications within organizations and across organizations. At large corporations nowadays, they are frequently exposed to multilingual environments through having more international sales, uh, subsidiaries overseas, uh, investors and uh, employees overseas. So I think the finding in this study, they are of significance to regulators, policymakers who want to promote corporate long-term behavior, promote sustainability, so they have to put more focus on what kind of language people use in communicating key corporate decisions. It is also relevant to corporate executives, such as CEOs, divisional managers, when they want to communicate certain messages to other people within the organization with regard to time. Also, I think this kind of effect is especially pronounced in certain industries, such as industries that are more sensitive to information processing. In other words, I think industries in which communication matters a lot will be mostly affected by the effect with document. What are your research plans in the near future? So broadly speaking, I'm very interested in this topic of CSR, corporate social responsibility, especially what explains cross-country, cross-organizational variations in CSR. So if doing CSR is good for community, society, shareholders in general, why we still see some companies doing a lot, other companies uh, not doing enough. So my current research and my future research will focus on these areas, uh, what explains cross-country variations in CSR, what's the implications of CSR to shareholders, to the company, and what type of CSR we are talking about, whether it's environmental issues, employee-related issues, human rights, corporate donations, etc. Thank you, Professor. Yeah, thank you very much.